today on the Tearsheet Podcast. You know, this, it's funny. Um, before I joined J.P. Morgan Chase, I, I didn't really have a good, accurate sense of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but since coming here, I would say that this is more like a startup than you would imagine. It's a, a firm that is um, in high growth mode um, and in really focused on winning. And I feel like the thing that permeates this place, and it's, it's hard to see from the outside, is a real underdog mentality that doesn't necessarily match with the performance of the firm. And so um, it, it is less dissimilar than you would think. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. One of the things I find so interesting about JPMorgan Chase is its ethos of being an underdog, in spite of having 56 million digitally active customers on its website and mobile app. The firm is actively developing and rolling out new functionality with a frequency that belies its size. Today's guest on the show is Allison Beer, Chief Product Officer and Head of Customer Experience and Digital at Chase. In a discussion around the future of digital banking as we reemerge after the pandemic, we talk about three key trends, automation, personalization, and real-time payments. Allison provides us a look into the firm's product roadmap. We also look back to Chase's FinBrand and what the takeaways were from that. Lastly, we discuss how Chase looks to fintech, big tech, and other non-financial brands for inspiration around UX with a vision towards the future of banking. Allison Beer is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Allison Beer. I'm the Chief Product Officer and Head of Digital at Chase. Great. And so what does that entail? What does the role entail at Chase? Well, it's, uh, you know, our team, the team that I lead and, and, and partner with day in, day out are responsible for bringing industry leading products and services and digital solutions to half the households in America. And so that's everything from how do we engage our, our customers digitally on Chase.com or the Chase mobile app, uh, as well as, you know, every kind of money movement you can imagine, whether that's Zelle or Wires or tapping to pay. And how big is the team um, that, that you run? So it, the, the, my team is comprised of, of uh, a set of, you know, a thousand people who sit in the center, who, who mm-hmm. manage our cross line of business products, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the, the product leadership teams in each of the lines of business um, that represent uh, another thousand or so. Great. And what's your background? I know, I know you, you uh, cut your teeth at, at American Express. Can you tell us how your path to... Uh... Yeah, I've been in financial services now for quite a while. I started in startups before that and, um, you know, have, have moved back and forth between digital partnerships, credit cards, um, and have looked at financial services um, from a variety of different angles at this point. And what was the uh, the transition like from startups into uh, the biggest bank in America? You know, this it's funny. Um, before I joined J.P. Morgan Chase, I, I didn't really have a good, accurate sense of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but since coming here, I would say that this is more like a startup than you would imagine. It's a, a firm that is um, in high growth mode um, and in really focused on winning. And I feel like the thing that permeates this place, and it's it's hard to see from the outside, is a real underdog mentality that doesn't necessarily match with the performance of the firm. And so um, it, it is less dissimilar than you would think. 
Interesting. So as an underdog uh, persona, is, who, who's the competitor then? Is it is it fintech? Yes. And big tech and uh. non-tech and other financial firms. Um, this is a place that, that focuses on being best in class in every single thing that we do. And we take inspiration and, you know, recognize competition uh, in all sectors. Interesting. I know, I know Jamie Dimon definitely gives up, um, you know, his words are chosen carefully. And it, it, I, I, as an outsider, I, I, can, I can sense that in the organization. Um, let, let's shift gears and really talk about, I guess, the business. Like what, what kind of key trends are you seeing today um, in digital banking? Well, you know, we saw over the past year that customers really embraced the speed, ease, and security of using digital payments. You know, we saw a secular trend over the past several years of customers moving more and more to digital um, financial services, and that was just accelerated during the pandemic. And this trend shows no signs of slowing down, even in a post-vaccine world. For context, we're not going back to the old days. We're not going back to the old days. <laughs> okay. um, you know, we, we still see millions of customers who use our branches, um, but they're using our branches differently. Um, and so they're coming for advice. Um, they're coming for, you know, complicated financial plans. They're, they, it, it's a different experience and, and customers are shifting more and more of their transactions to our digital channels. And in your role with customer experience and digital, uh, does that also include the, the, the branch experience as well? To a lesser extent. I mean, we think about um, our customer experiences across all channels. And so the, the real beauty of uh, the Chase footprint is that we don't have to choose between serving customers, um, you know, face to face, mm -hmm. over the phone or digitally. And so we're really obsessed with making sure that that omni-channel experience is connected is as seamless as possible, that your experience of coming into the branch, that, that, that the team there knows everything that you've done online and has access to um, the kinds of insights that we provide to customers online. And so the focus is much more on connecting the experiences than optimizing any one of those um, channels. And when you say connecting, is that like starting um, a particular process in one channel and being able to continue it in another? Yep, 100%. You know, we want customers to be able to pick up where they left off. And so if they start something digitally, um, that they can continue it in the branch with advice and assistance. Um, and, and also things like scheduling appointments or uh, doing Zoom calls instead of uh, meeting face-to-face. -face. Um, just being able to just use every tool in the arsenal to make sure that our customers are well-served. And is there a role for, for digital channels within the bank branch? A hundred percent. I mean, at the end like? of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, our, our branch teams will be using the same applications that mm. our customers will be using. Um, but they will have, of course, different permissions and the ability to edit in a different way. And we think about that stuff as, you know, do you have self-directed solutions and do you have assisted solutions? And the solution may be the same, but the 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 branch team has different access to, to help customers. Interesting. Kind of eating your own dog food too. For sure. And yeah. they're, they're um, so effective at providing us with feedback on things that we should be doing differently, which I greatly appreciate. That makes a ton of sense because um, they're in the field and they're, and they're using the same technology. That feedback is probably really, really valuable. Um, 
Allison, you mentioned sort of this acceleration of trends that were already in place, uh, um, secular trends, I guess, towards towards digital. Like, how is Chase responding to the demand um, for the increased demand in digital payments and, and real-time payments, in fact? Well, I, we're the biggest provider of real-time payments. And, you know, uh, we invest $12 billion in technology across J.P. Morgan Chase. And as you discussed with my colleague, Rohan Amin, mm -hmm. um, a large percentage of that goes to specifically to Chase, to payments, and to make sure that our platforms are designed to handle the growing demand. I mean, we serve half the households in the U.S., and so we are investing all the time in making sure that things are faster, more secure, and more real time. And we consistently enhance our features and our capabilities based on feedback. And it's exciting. Um, people like working here because we have such scale. And so when we innovate on behalf of customers, we're doing it at such massive scale. It's incredible to think about that scale. And, and so um, I'm curious, in terms of hiring talent, um, are you more likely to hire uh, technical or, or UX talent from, from companies that have achieved that scale in other fields than you are to hire people from financial services? Is that fair to say? Yes and no. I mean, I like to hire um, you know, from a wide variety of sectors. We're focused on diversity uh, in every way. And so we like to have folks who have financial services experience. We like to have big folks who have big tech, small tech, fintech experience. And you know, we take designers from, from so many different fields. It's great to have that kind of inspiration, dialogue, diversity of thought um, infused in the way that we develop products and services for our customers. And it's incredibly important that our team reflects the customer base that we serve. Um, and, and we really look to make sure that in everything we're doing, we're building an inclusive design perspective and making sure that the products that we develop, whether you have $5 or $50 million, that those products work well for you. Awesome. Um, as we look down, I guess, the second half of, of 2021, Allison, wh what do you expect um, more from, from digital payments? Is there, is there going to be a further evolution? I guess, what, what do you, how are you sizing up the market in terms of your approach to it? Well, I think that the trends will just continue. I mean, it, it, the pandemic led to an increase in digital engagement, and digital engagement, as we said, and, and that's here to stay. And so, and I think you're seeing segments who had historically not adopted digital solutions adopt digital solution. Last year, half of all new digitally active customers were over the age of 50. Mm -hmm. um, and so customers are now using digital solutions on a daily basis. And so it's more that customers, the frequency by which customers are using digital solutions is increasing, not so much that customers, you know, are newly adopting them. And so things like quick deposit, our, our mobile um, deposit feature mm -hmm. have grown from 40% of our checks deposited, um, have grown to 40% of our checks deposited from 30% um, before the pandemic. And so it's just the, the frequency. And I think you'll see customers really continue to shift their behavior. It used to be that you passed a branch and you thought, oh, I have a check to deposit. Customers, as soon as they open that check or receive that check are depositing it at home. That's awesome. And um, I guess what I would like to hear is, um, I guess a, a deeper view into the product portfolio. Um, 
and how you how you how you're approaching uh, these changes in the market and how that how that's reflected, I guess, in the in the product pipeline. Yeah, I think you'll see us developing more and more digital solutions to help our customers manage their their financial lives and to make the most of their money. You know, at the very essence of what we try to do, we just want to make managing your finances easier and more secure for our customers every day. And so we very recently launched a new budget feature that helps customers go beyond just setting up a monthly budget. They can budget, they track their spending and adjust day to day. And the really exciting thing is that all of these trends we've been talking about for a while, you know, whether it's artificial intelligence or machine learning are now being applied um, commercially at scale. And so we are able to help customers better understand their data and better use their data to make financial decisions and to set up plans for them and calculate a flexible budget, for instance, and track individual debit and credit cards automatically um, and identify money left over so that it can be transferred into a savings account or transferred directly into an investment account. And that really, I mean, customers with a savings account um, are just so much more financially healthy than customers without. And, and that's even more true if, if you move into investments. And so that is just a big focus for us is helping customers improve their financial lives and giving them the tools to do that. And then the other thing is, you know, digital allows us to um, create new solutions to serve our customers. And so we launched a new digital assistant in our mobile app. And through text-based conversation, customers can use the assistant to complete tasks like replacing or locking a card or checking an account balance or, or getting help with an investment rollover. And it's just really neat to see these solutions progress and they're getting better and better every day. And so, uh, you know, it, the focus for us is just being completely obsessed with being the easiest firm to do business with for things to work effortlessly every time and for us to help customers make the most of their money. And so obviously, um, you know, Chase had, had released Finn and then ultimately rolled it back as sort of a, a sidecar brand. As you're talking and thinking about developing new products, how do you think about whether to launch them under the Chase app, which obviously has that huge scale already, or, or testing them under a, a newer brand? You know, that's a, we, we debate this a lot because yeah. it's less about the newer brand and more do we want to be able to have um, a testbed app where mm -hmm. we can move more quickly. And, you know, it. it takes us a while to roll out new features. You know, we roll it out 5%, 10%, 20%, 30% at a time just because of the size of the base. Um, and um, customers have a... Uh, you know, aversion to seeing things change dramatically when it comes to how they view their money. And so we we are very cautious at disrupting what is, you know, a daily occurrence for our customers. They log in every day mm -hmm. to the Chase mobile app. And so, so we want to be careful about making huge changes in the Chase mobile app. And so a, a separate app is sometimes a nice way to test things. The story with Finn is that we learned a lot and mm -hmm. frankly took most of those features and embedded them in the Chase mobile app. Right, And it became very obvious quickly that we already were an at-scale digital bank. Mm -hmm. And having a separate app um, for a lot of those features didn't make sense because at the end of the day, we were going to want to um, embed them in the core app. And so supporting two, two apps just 
just wasn't the right strategy. But you'll see us, I think, experiment with um, separate apps for different things over time. And then we'll assess whether it should be a standalone solution or whether we should embed that features and functionality directly into the Chase Mobile app. I, I appreciate that. Um, one of the one of the things that we cover on our show here is, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of the founders of, of the biggest challenger banks. Um, that's our term that we use, um, and, and and that sort of fight over. Right, it's very easy to open a new bank account. Much harder to become the primary account. And 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 Chase obviously is very strong and embedded there. How, how do you think about ensuring that Chase remains? Um, a primary customer account when it's so easy now, there's so little friction now for, for a customer to open an, another account elsewhere. Yeah, and I think you're seeing some of those challenger banks do interesting things, very point to point, so sort of single feature. I think mm -hmm. our focus is really on the end to end experience of managing your finances. And so if we obsess about what customers need, just completely focus on those customer needs, we win every time. And the places where we've really turned our attention have shown that we um, both retain customers and you know grow and, and gain share every year by putting in market solutions that help customers manage their finances end to end. And we hear more and more that customers want a single app for their finances that allow them to manage their credit accounts, that, uh, their home loans, you know, their investments, their deposits. It's one thing to provide customers with advice. It's another thing to allow them to transact and to take action seamlessly in, in that same app. And so our focus is on being complete and helping customers um, you know, manage everything end to end. Uh, I want to go back to something you said earlier, Allison, about um, this sort of underdog ethos and that um, JP Morgan Chase or Chase itself looks to, um, you know, both big tech, non-tech, fintech as sort of as, as competition. And I'm curious, um, from a UX perspective, um, what are your takeaways from what's happening outside of the financial services industry and, and how do you apply those to, to your work and your team? Well, we take, I mean, from a UX perspective, we take inspiration largely outside of financial services. And I think you'll see in the next 12 months some amazing improvements that are coming on our um, UX. We have an amazing design team here at Chase, and we are hiring like crazy. And I've been just impressed with the talent that we've been able to recruit. Um, it's exciting to work here because I think that that designers see that we have a fresh perspective to presenting information to customers, to making you know, really beautiful experiences. Um, and the mission is there. Helping customers save more and improve their lives is, is really a draw for a lot of talent. Um, and when they see just how focused we are on that mission, it becomes an inspiring place to work. Um, and so we absolutely look to, you know, the most beautiful brands on planet Earth and challenge ourselves. Can a bank app look like that? Um, and can the experience be that simple and that clear and that inspiring? And, uh, and I think you'll see that we're going to take huge strides towards that in 2021 and 2022. Interested to see what you guys are going to be rolling out. Uh, in, in the time left for, for, for one question, I'm curious. Um, I know it's something we spoke about, Rohan, also. Um, what is Chase's philosophy around accessibility and inclusivity 
um, from a, a customer ex experience perspective? Well, I mean, it's core to what we do. When we're focused, uh, when, we, when you think about the, the breadth of our customer base, we have to be focused on inclusive designs for those who have special needs. Um, and whether you, and across a spectrum of customer backgrounds, it, it, we test everything. I mean, part of the reason why it takes us sometimes uh, a while to roll up features is we're testing in so many different environments for so many different use cases. Um, and it really is an obsession. We take a lot of pride in a lot of the um, external accolades we've had for our inclusive design. And I think that's just really at the, the core of, of, of what we do. Allison, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast. It's been fun. Thanks for having me.